Next on this week's MLR Weekly, Guy Bolton, the owner of Rugby New York, the champions of the MLR. Hello again and welcome to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for joining us, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure of welcoming onto the program Mr. Guy Bolton, he of Rugby New York, the Major League Rugby Champions of 2022. Guy, welcome. Thanks, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. Guy, a couple of questions I got to get out of the way before we get into the nitty-gritty. Number one, I haven't been able to get this answer out of Adrian Balfour because he's just snide and snotty. He won't give me the answer. He's the owner of the Seattle Seawolves or part of the ownership group there. And I can't get it out of Adam Gilchrist, who so far has been like Sasquatch to me. I see pieces of him ex exiting in rooms and I'm not sure I've, saw, I've seen him. But you are the only other one that is a Major League Rugby Championship owner. And I got to ask you, what does what a guy that wins Major League Rugby's championship as an owner have for breakfast? Have for breakfast? I don't normally eat breakfast, so not a lot. That's the answer, folks. If you want to be the owner of a Major League Rugby franchise and a champion, don't eat breakfast. Yay! There you have it. The other quick question to get out of the way uh, is, as, an, as someone that's lived in America for a long time, spe specifically in the eastern United States, tri-state area, how many times a day do you have to turn your head thinking somebody's talking to you when they say, guy? Um, I've gotten used to it at first quite a lot, but uh, you do get used to it and tune it out. And uh, especially when you know or people don't know you, it's just, hey, guy, seems to be a, a pretty common practice for saying hi, mate, or hello, or whatever. So, And you, and you can probably differentiate between guy and, and guy. Hey, guy. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's got to happen a lot more at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, of course. Where you are right now. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Okay, so aftermath of winning, you guys won the championship, the Shield, and I know that maybe you guys thought it was a three to five year uh, look, but to get there, but you're here. Is it is it a feeling of relief, or is it a feeling of now? Okay, we got the stress of repeating. No, I mean probably all of the above, but I think more more importantly, it was just. Uh, a great experience. Um, really happy and proud of the uh, the organization as a whole for putting the team together, and then obviously the, the players playing. Um, and uh, it's just been it's been a fantastic high, really. Um, you know, you, you don't realize how important it is to everyone around you that uh, that helps make you succeed until you succeed like that. And it was a great party. It was a great aftermath, and uh, now it's back to business and uh, and growing it and uh, doing what we need to do to, to try and repeat next year. You, you brought up how much it meant to people. There were there were tears, tears yeah. of joy, tears of relief, I guess. You know, you see some of the toughest looking human beings on the planet and just get emotional on that pitch. It was just so great to see. It is. And it's so great for our local players to experience something like that, um, especially, you know, Guys like Dylan Fawcett have been with the team for the entire time. Uh, Nate Brakeley, all these guys, you know, it's just, it's so important to try and, and deliver something to those guys because they've put a lot of effort in over the last five years to make it happen. So uh, um, hats off to them and, and happy that we could do something to try and contribute towards that. Were you more surprised about winning the championship or seeing 
Marty Veal, Steve Lewis, Rick Salizzo, and Dylan Fawcett all smile on the same day. Yeah, no, that that's that's quite a feat. <laughs> it's a, it's, that that's probably more surprising. No, I'm look. It, it, it was. It, it was nice to see them all smiling and and having a good time and, and to lift up that shield and watch these guys do the same thing and uh, all, all the efforts and contributions that everyone put together to do it. It's been fantastic. Indeed. After five seasons, and I can't believe we're talking that, that, that we're after the fifth season. In retrospect, what has worked and what hasn't? Well, I think in retrospect, what's worked for us the most is, you know, and what's hugely important to us is, is growing this and, and, and growing domestic players. Um, so one of the things that we, we like to do is bring in guys like uh, Andy Ellis, Nehe, who've had a ton of experience in rugby throughout, played for the All Blacks, played for all different types of provincial teams. And it's really important for, for us to select these types of players to pass on their knowledge to the local community and to the local players um, and, and to the US players, because that's the only way we're going to get this game to improve in the United States is to, is to really get um, our local players up. So that's worked very well for us. We want to continue to do that. We want to continue to bring in um, talent from overseas, but only to grow the sport within the United States and get the local um, players that, that play for the, the Eagles and play for um, any of the domestic teams, um, the, the, the kind of knowledge to bring them to the next level. And I think on top of that, the piggybacking aspects of it is, is um, you know, developing some of our players internally. You know, ben Bonasso um, was, was a club rugby player in Argentina. We brought him in here and now he's playing for the Eagles. We had guys like Chance and... Uh, um, and Dylan as well, playing for the Eagles over several years. And then uh, Nate Brakeley as well as um, Nick Savetta. And then, you know, someone like um, Geiger, who's, who's literally um, come from playing American football. And now he's on the wider training squad for the U.S. Eagles team. And that's the type of stuff that we want to continue to, to drive towards and, and, and get done. Because that's, that's how we're going to grow this sport here in the U.S. That's how we're going to make it exciting for folks to come and watch, get local fans, everything of that nature. And we couldn't have done it without guys like Andy Ellis, Ben Foden, all these guys that have done a tremendous amount of work, not only on the pitch for us, but certainly off the pitch um, and then growing the communities. So these are the types of things that have worked for us. The hardest thing for us right now, I think, is, is we're a bit of a nomadic team. We need to find a field. We need to find a home. And uh, we want to do that as quickly as possible. And, and, and the team's doing everything they can to, uh, to try and find us a home that's certainly more permanent than, than what we have been over the last four or five years. Are so we calling are, the team the Rugby New York Nomads? No, no, we're not calling them the Nomads. No, 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 no. I'll get to my idea in a, in, in a bit. Oh, well, that, that, I can't wait for that. I can't wait to hear you. But let's stay on the venue issue. People don't understand the difficulties of New York City. You know, it's like, well, watch with the venue. Watch with the venue. What? Well, it's it's next to impossible unless you spend a zillion dollars buying a chunk of real estate and then building your own stadium. I mean, sure. so, you know, and also the difficulty was during COVID, none of the colleges would allow a third would allow a third party on the campus. And even if you get on the campus, you have that question of whether alcohol is allowed to be served or not. So right. these are the questions. And, you know, when you the 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 organic nature of John F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, Kennedy Stadium, easy for me to say in Hoboken, 
was great. You know, you had that little neighborhood thing going on. You could walk around to be at a bar in a half a block or a block. It's a one square mile town to begin with. And you had rooftops with people watching the game, kind of like Wrigley Field in Major League Baseball. But the problem was you couldn't serve booze there either. And I am one of those proponents of booze at rugby matches and in sporting events, ladies and gentlemen. So don't 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 break his chops, break mine. But what's the answer or do we have a couple on the horizon? Yeah, look, I mean, the team's putting things together now to try and find some um, uh, some venues that, that are going to be more conducive. But, uh, you know, in the same token, you can't forget about how important it is to build community around these stadiums and around that. And Hoboken was an incredible support network for us. Uh, you know, Mike Russo or Councilman Mike Russo was amazing in, tr- in helping us out to get that stadium in the first place um, because we were in, we were on a pick, we're in a pickle. Um, you know, we, we lost the other stadium, relatively speaking, right before. We won't mention um, St. John's. We're not going to mention no, St. John's. No. But, uh, you know, it was, it was an unfortunate situation, but we had to scramble. And uh, Councilman Mike was incredibly helpful. And he knew that uh, the, the folks in Hoboken were, were huge supporters of, of something like this. And, and, and they were. They came out no matter what the weather was like. Um, you know, we pretty much sold out or came very close to selling out every home game. And, um, you know, booze or no booze, we still had people come out and watch. And, and that, that's what's most important to us. Some of the guys locally, I mean, Steve Lewis being one of them, has, has been a tremendous help within the community to, to raise community awareness around where we're trying to play, going to high schools, you know, pounding the pavement. And, and these guys have been fantastic. And, and we're starting to see the fruits of their efforts. You know, we don't want to stop here. We want to get it going a lot more. Um, but, you know, Steve and Mike, those guys have been fantastic. And, uh, and, and we want to continue to, to get as many people and fill these stadiums as, as, as quickly as we can. You know, the knee jerk from everybody outside of the city that looks at this on MLR matches, they're like, well, why don't they just play Red Bull all the time? And what they don't get is the actual cost of Red Bull Arena is somewhat <laughs> yeah. prohibitive if, at the very least. Well, it is when you're only getting a couple thousand people. It, it, it becomes less prohibitive if you're getting, you know, ten to fifteen thousand people. Then right. it becomes much uh, a much more different proposition. And and those guys at Red Bull were fantastic help for us to, in order for hosting the final. Um, they, they they really helped us out. Um, so huge hats off to them. And, and we're on ongoing conversations with with Red Bull. You know, this is that, that was not a two minute relationships so to speak we've been right. we've been in contact with them for several for about a year and a half prior to maybe two years and uh, it, it's an ongoing relationship that we're looking to harness but uh, look I mean there's other options out there we're trying to explore no one's very no one's short on suggestions I can tell you oh everybody's got the answer everyone's got ideas everyone's got answers we follow them all we follow all of them through um, but th- there's a lot of impediments that you don't think about until you start h- hitting those pavements about how, how tough it is to get a field space. And, you know, we've got some conditional things from, from an MLR perspective as well that we right. need to make sure that the, the, it looks good on telly. I mean, it's got to look good on television. Rick and the group know very, very well that it's an incredibly important aspect for us right now is to find a home. We've done a lot of other things to build the foundations for for us to stay here for a very long time, um, this next bit is finding a home now. Understood. And you, you mentioned the league, and I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger for our commercial break. 
I'm going to ask you about an update on the Giltini and the Gilgroni situation. Don't answer it yet. We'll be right back after this. Looking for your next vehicle? With Sheehy's Easy Search, choose from over 3,000 new and used vehicles. Shop, trade, or buy online or in-store. We make it easy with our award-winning service. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. Matt McCarthy in New York City. Mr. Guy Bolton, owner of Rugby New York at the beach. Guy, the cliffhanger that we just left you with. What's the situation, the latest, with L.A. and Austin? Yeah, Matt, look, I, I, I can't speak to it. Um, and uh, you know, the league's working with uh, with the situation right now, um, but I really don't, I'm not in a position to comment on it. All right. Well, let me ask you this, and I've asked other owners this question, and I wanted to get your take on it. If you're a gambling man, can you can you guess on how many teams we might have in 2023? 13 to 14 teams. That's my. All right, I'm going to take that as L.A. and Austin still remaining in the league. You didn't say it. I'm going to say it, um, unless there's some other real surprise teams coming in. So, again, we're on the edges of our seat, and we hope this situation gets straightened out. I, for one, hope that Gilchrist stays in the league. I think we need a guy like that. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. While we're on the league, developing players, what's the academy plan for the league and if there's not one for the league that, that's on the table in front of us that's so obvious, what about New York? Academies are something that, from a league perspective, we want to continue to grow. Um, right now, the academies are kind of sitting in within the teams. And uh, one of the things that, that we've been discussing and want to see is that if that becomes more of a national event. Um, so there's definitely going to be some academy aspects that you're going to see from a growth perspective in the MLR. You know, the, the reality is, is we need to get... Our, a rugby ball on as in as many hands as possible in the youth, in the academies, in the high schools. I mean, under 23 is all the way down. We need to get more rugby balls in more people's hands so that we can get the game going here in the US. And and that that's how the MLR is going to start growing this this uh, this academy base. We play academy games against New England's against uh, DC. And we need to nationalize that. And that's one thing that, that uh, the MLR is looking to do as well. And, and that's what we're trying to do internally and, and, and within New York, because I know that was the second part of your question. And we, we've got a, you know, a, a high school all-star um, team that, we want, that we're starting to play. We've got a U23. We want to get as many high schools up, up, up as possible. We've got a tri-state kind of tournament that we, we get going. Uh, that we work with the local high schools to do. And I know, you know Steve and, and Mike Petrie have been going nuts trying to get as many community activations as possible. I know Nick Hume as well has been been really busting a nut to try and get everything 
going from our perspective. So we've, we've got a nice crew of folks constantly pounding the pavement. We get players in the off-season helping us out to try and just boost the game. Uh, we go to New Jersey, we go to New York, we go to Connecticut. We just do everything we can. God's country be- like Rahway. Yeah. Bayonne. You know, you know, these places, they actually have rugby blossoming there, which is so incredible. I agree with you. And, and it's just so important for us to get all these local communities behind the game because anyone and everyone who plays this game in the United States knows it's just a fantastic game to play. We want to support as many folks as we can. And I think we've got a really good team uh, within, within Rugby New York to get that going and, and to continue to grow that. And growing the sport segues nicely into our question about synergy with USA Rugby because USA Rugby's struggling. The men's 15s program is struggling at the moment to qualify for Rugby World Cup 2023. Debacle of a series against Chile for many mm-hmm. people, or Chile, if we're here on American soil. Tough sledding for them. How, how does that affect you guys? Well, look, I mean, we, we've obviously got... Uh you know, five or six players that, that play for the Eagles. Um, and, uh, you know, how it affects us overall. Look, I, I feel for Gary um, in, in, in a lot of respects because, uh, you know, they don't play enough footy as a team. Um, they need to play more. Um, and, and, you know, the international windows are what they are. Um, and you know, we, we've got to find a way to, to try and help him um, build a team that he can see more continuity. I mean, you look at the game against Chile and, and those guys played and have been playing with each other for quite some time. Um, whereas our boys are basically shoved on a plane and, and get two weeks to train together and expected to win. And that's not an easy task for a coach. It's not an easy task for the players. Um, you know, we just need to find a way to play more rugby um, on, a, on a national scale with, with the um, USA team playing against teams that they can, they can beat, that, that are you know, potential World Cup qualifiers, uh, and then play the game against the All Blacks a bit later once, once we know, right. uh, once we've qualified, once we know where we stand and everything of that nature. Then um, you do the showpiece thing. Right, there's the best of both worlds here, and I just think we need to find that balance from a U.S. perspective. Um, and uh, we, we, we just want to just, from our perspective in New York, and, and I know a lot of the owners in, this, in the league feel the same way, is develop our local talent so that they're in the, they're in the game and, and playing for the Eagles. And the more MLR players we get playing for the Eagles, the more cohesiveness is going to happen. And you're going to see these guys improve overnight once that starts to happen. And, and uh, you know, you're going to see a teams that uh, they're going to be very, very competitive very quickly. I mean, we've got a, a great opportunity here with the World Cup. Uh, coming in 2031. And, uh, you know, I, I think in the, in the next three to five years, you're going to see a very different Eagles team than what you see now. How about a USA rugby match versus an MLR all-star team? Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, I would imagine there'd be quite a few um, Eagles team or MLR in the Eagles team. So, I, yeah, it'd be an interesting situation. I haven't heard. You don't that. have to think that you know it doesn't have to be American players. I mean, you can have your internationals playing against this, which might be kind of cool. It might be like almost a an MLR barbarians kind of side. Yeah, you could do that. I, I, 
it's a great idea. Look, to me, anything that we can get these guys on the field to play more rugby and competitive rugby is, is, is good for everyone. Um, you know, so that, that, that would, it's, I haven't heard that idea before, Matt. I think it's a fantastic one. It's just about even a blind people. squirrel finds a nut once in a while, guy. Okay. Uh, look, hey, you know, well done, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there, but yeah, you know, so you know, I'm just thinking of trying to, you know, synergy with the, the national team, and they're taking their hits in the public eye, but the public doesn't really understand what's going on behind the scenes, and you know, they're criticizing Gary's Gary Gold's. Uh, game plan, but what kind of game plan can you draw up when you're not meeting regularly? It's like watching the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I go out for a pass and we're going to try to get, you know, it's what can you draw up? All the coaches out there or those that think they're coaches out there are, are disagreeing with me right now, but you, you only have what's in front of you, right? So how do we help get more in front of them? How do we help this organization that is lilting seemingly in perpetuity not lilt any longer. And maybe it takes some of you guys from the MLR to say, all right, hey, hey, here's what you can do. Because they don't have any infrastructure right now. And they're waiting for some some influx or some cash in, input influx from World Rugby because of the 2020, 2031 World Cup. But in the meantime, it's Groundhog Day. And in, in order for something to change, there's going to have to be a big hand coming in and saying, all right, here, we'll help you stand up. Yeah, you, you, your views are probably more, a little more harsh than mine, but but I think at the end of the day, <laughs> these guys, it, it, you're right. It, it is a tough proposition when you're only, you know, from a coaching perspective, when you're only given guys that have played with each other for two weeks as, as a cohesive group and expecting them to perform at some of the levels when you've got other teams that are playing together for a heck of a lot longer. It, 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 it's a tough proposition. These guys have just got to play together more and we've got to figure out a way to do that. And anything that we can do in the MLR or in, in New York, we want to do because at the end of the day, we're all driving towards the same goal. And that is to build this sport to a, to a level of, of a competition that we can compete globally, but B get people excited about the sport here because we all love it. And, but we want everyone else to love it too. Um, and there's a ton of folks here in the U S that would love this sport and we just want to give them every opportunity to be able to watch it, see it and, and love it with us. Exactly. All right, guy, final question for you. Yeah. How about naming rugby, New York, the gorillas, you have the empire state thing. You got chance when shirt out there right now, perfect, perfect logo, the gorillas, the, the King Kongs, huh? <laughs> well, the King Kong, we get into a rights issue, right? We can, we, we might have to change the look right. of the Empire State Building slightly in the logo, but I'm a New York guy, man. I'm telling you, gorillas would have the masks. It would merchandise, merch out the uh, wazoo. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, probably not. Probably not the gorillas. So, but uh, we, we, we have a cultural theme within our organization that we're really starting to grow and love um, around around the skyscraper and iron workers that that have built the city, and we're building a we're building a rugby franchise. We love the synergies between the two, so I, I would suspect something around those or along that lines to to be seen in regards to uh, what we're going to be calling ourselves in the future. We haven't got to that point yet. I we, stare at we, the we, ceiling at night trying to come up with the right name, guy. So, so do we, and we're, we're going to rely heavily on our fan base as well to come and help us pick a pick something that's going to work. 
um, and, and something that we can get behind um, and uh, something certainly that uh, fits within our culture inside the organization as well. So we're getting there, Matt, um, slowly but surely. Rome wasn't built in a day, but we, we are certainly on the right path and, and enjoying every minute of, of, of the success that we had recently this year too. And on that note, Mr. Bolton, we are out of time and have to bolt on out of here. So thank you, sir, for coming on. All right, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. And uh, and uh, let's let's keep the good times going next year, right? All right. And thank you for tuning in. Before we see each other again, please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, our college rugby wrap-up. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please, please, please sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team.